Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to Trending. We are talking about the feast day of St. Nicholas a little later today. Happy feast day. We talked about how to celebrate the feast day. Later, we'll talk a little bit more about the man, the legend himself, St. Nicholas, also known as Santa Claus. I know I was really excited last night. I shared that I was pulling out the stockings last night. That's kind of my phase into the Christmas decorations. So we pulled out the stockings last night and my little one, she's almost two and she was so excited when she saw a little present sticking out of her stocking. I was trying to read to her about St. Nicholas before. Again, she's only two. So I mean, lofty attempts and she could not make it through the little saints card talking about St. Nicholas. She's going, surprise, surprise, surprise. She was so excited. I had very underprepared this year for St. Nicholas Feast Day. I wanted to do more, uh, but didn't quite get there. And so I had a um, really cute Shining Light doll. If you've ever checked them out, check out Shining Light dolls. They are adorable for toddlers, not breakable. And they have all these little saints uh, dolls that you can use. And so I had a St. Paul stored away. So I went ahead and grabbed that and she loved it because now she can play with St. Paul next to Mother Mary. Um, so those were fun. Again, I'll post a link on social media to the Shining Light dolls. But we're going to be talking about some important topics, ways to be mentally resilient, specifically three tips to improve mental strength this holiday season. We'll be joined by Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. We're going to take on a controversial topic. A German priest was, who also identifies as a psychologist. I mean, he is a psychologist. However, I'm calling that into question because he is encouraging the quote-unquote relieving effect of pornography and masturbation for clergy and all of us to do. And so we'll be talking about why that doesn't fall in line with the church's teaching. And while many people talk about the benefits of pornography, we also need to talk about the reality of pornography and whether or not this is something to be used for day-to-day recovery and relief. If you're struggling with pornography, we'd love to take your questions. The number's 1-888-914-9149. Love to help you out. You struggling? Do you have a family member who is? Maybe it's a spouse who's using pornography. We'd like to help get you the resources to work through that. So welcome to Trending with Timory. Hot topics today on Trending. Joining me now is Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. You can find him at integritystored.com. Jim, welcome back to Trending. Hey, Timory. Great to have a conversation with you again. But I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I took off my sock last night and hung it outside the front door, expecting Timory to give me a gift. And I got nothing. 
I think the problem was the dirty stock that's hanging on the front oh, door just waiting for me, Jim. that's what it was. Hanging your dirty Got laundry it. out there for me to take <laughs> care of. Uh, talk about sexist here on Trending. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about this whole drama that's been picked up by secular as well as Christian media about pornography and the fact that uh, priests are being encouraged to use it by one priest in Germany. Doesn't fall in line with the church's teaching. We'll talk about that in a minute. But let's talk about mental resilience. Let's talk about tips to improve mental strength this holiday season. I know you have three things in particular that we can focus on. I think this is so relevant as I know you and I were discussing earlier. It seems to be in general, the holidays bring up a lot of memories, emotions, and challenges for people. But especially this year, people seem a little more tense than before. For sure. Uh, in my in my conversations here at, at my work here at Integrity Restored and and just even with friends and family, um, we've been really isolated for for a few years now, and that created its own other stresses. I think we've talked about that you and I on the show before, but but this year now there's a lot of expectation uh, for everybody to get back together and to have the traditional big family Christmases and and holiday parties and work parties and. It's just putting a lot of stress on everybody um, when it's supposed to be a time we just enjoy. And it's funny because uh, when we when I came up with this topic, I I, I did because one of uh, one of the guys I'm I'm coaching here in my work, uh, he said, you know, I just feel like I'm not strong enough mentally to do this anymore. Interesting. So quitting before he's even started. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the first thing I told him, I said, well, you know, in this work for eight years now, I've learned one thing. It's not as simple as being mentally strong or I'm mentally weak. As human beings, we're usually a combination thereof. And when all is going well, it's easy to feel like, well, I'm a very strong person. But then when there's difficulties or emotional issues uh, depression, anxiety, financial concerns pop in around this time of year for a lot of people. That's when it's easy to say, well, I'm mentally weak. And that's not fair either. Mm. So there's a balance, right? Where like we understand a perspective of self-criticism versus just quitting before we even started. So what can we do to kind of meet in the middle, break through that, and have this mental toughness uh, to survive our day-to-day lives, but also some of the challenges that arise this time of the year? Well, I think one of the things we have to do, you know, mental strength like physical strength um, requires you to work out, right? You have to exercise it. In, in order to build it in your life. So we have to put our focus on that. There's three tips I want to give the listeners today. Uh, but first, I, I want to share this quote from um, Amy uh, Moria. Optimism alone is not enough to help you reach your full potential. I think so many times in our life we say, well, I'll just be positive and that w- will make everything okay. It's not that easy. So mm-hmm. tip number one will be to knock out self-pity. I understand um, 
bad things happen and it, and it's easy for us to feel bad about it to uh, get why me that kind of attitude but that never helps the why me uh, actually ends up hurting you more so we have to look at okay something bad did happen it's not something I wanted it's not uh, certainly wouldn't have been my plan but on the other hand this feeling sorry for myself is just wasting my time it's not helping me do anything it it actually allows us like this gentleman I was talking about to give up before we even try mm -hmm. to give up before we even start yeah yeah. It's interesting you mentioned knocking out self-pity as that first tip to improve mental strength this holiday season, because I was just discussing yesterday here on Trending uh, the release of Harry and Meghan, the new documentary drama on Netflix that the trailer dropped yesterday. The first episode is tomorrow and part two is next week. Or sorry, the first episode's on the 8th and part two is next week. And it's all about Harry and Meghan bashing and doing this tell-all with regard to the royal family. And what keeps standing out to me is that they're living their identity based on this victim and victimizer mentality. And it's self-pity. They're making an identity out of self-pity. And that doesn't make you happy. No. In fact, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, honestly. Um, when you feel that way all the time, there's no question your performance, your relationships, all areas of your life are going to suffer. And when that happens, you experience more problems, increased failures, and you just get into this cycle of constantly overlooking the good in your life. I did a, a podcast right around Thanksgiving for Integrity Restored talking about gratitude in recovery. Folks in recovery, whether it's from alcohol addiction or drug addiction or porn addiction, it's a really painful process. But the ones who are most successful, Timory, are the ones who are grateful. Mm. Very interesting. And so I think this, the, 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 the Megan and Harry, these are two people who unfortunately are self-fulfilling their own prophecy of, of, of being in a, in a constant state of self-pity. And they're feeding off each Resentment. other back and forth. What yeah. an unhealthy relationship. And so what you're saying is by knocking out self-pity, we need to replace it with gratitude. That is correct. Um, because no matter what is going on in your life, there's at least one good thing that happens every day. Find that one good thing. You saw a, a, a beautiful rose on the side of the road while you were out for your walk. Your, your son or your daughter just ran up to you and gave you a random hug. Um, your, your wife told you how much she looked. There's a good thing every day. Find the good thing and focus on that because self-pity, this is, this is a, uh, a pharmacist, uh, self-pity is the most destructive of the non-pharmaceutical narcotics. It is addictive. It becomes a way of life. And for many, it does give momentary pleasure, but it separates you from reality. Mm. Isn't that eye-opening and how easy it is for us to allow ourselves to be separated from reality in that way. Let's move on to that second tip to improve mental strength this holiday season. Tell us what we need to do. 
And this is a tough one because we're going to be getting together with a lot of uh, family. Uh, family, as you know, is not always the easiest dynamic to navigate. Uh, but this one says we need to learn to let go. And that includes self-forgiveness. Mm. One of the things as human beings that we're really, really good at is at least saying that we forgive somebody, even though sometimes it's hard to do that internally. Um, but we're really bad at doing it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we need to do in order to build mental strength is really do forgive ourselves for those past mistakes. Every single one of us has them. And, and I guarantee you, every saint in the history of the church has had things that they look back on and say, no, I shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. Mm -hmm. But learning to forgive ourselves is the best way we can learn to do that is realizing that the only real mistake we ever make in our life is the one which we don't learn from. Mm -hmm. And... Jim, would you argue that part of the reason why people have a hard time forgiving themselves is because many people think that they're unlovable for whatever reason, family of origin, past experience, uh, acknowledging you know their own fault in the situation, and maybe because of a lack of faith, feeling somewhat stymied in their position of there's no growth coming out of this on my part, so I'm almost unforgivable because I am not changing or growing. Now, there's a reason why there's so many self-health books and programs and coaches out there. Uh, because apart from God, people aren't having or stepping into that forgiveness. And yet, it's a fundamental tenet of our faith. I mean, even just looking to the Our Father, you know, the prayer, uh, the idea of forgiveness from God is that Jesus Christ taught us to pray and forgive us as we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us. So we are forgivable based on the loving forgiveness we give to others. Amen. I mean, absolutely. And, and when you really do, um, years ago, I went to a retreat where they, they went through the Our Father almost word for word, one word at a time with a little meditation on each word. And the toughest part for me, Timory, was that knowledge that the forgiveness I so desperately want from God, I need to show that forgiveness to others in my life. And it's, it's a really hard thing because, wait a minute, they wronged me. But we have to kind of get over ourselves and move on and recognize that forgiveness is a choice um, that we can make. And so learning to let go and learning to forgive ourselves is an important component of how we're going to build that mental strength to get through these holidays. Mm -hmm. And so if you need to start working on that now, before Christmas gets here, uh, you know, if you need to forgive Uncle Joe or, or Aunt Sally or your mom and your dad for something, well, start doing that work now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just some practical ways to work on this, because, you know, whether it's knocking out self-pity or learning to let go of things and forgive, you know, 
This is where our faith is so important. You know, take the time to pray and offer that up. Lord, give me the virtue of forgiveness toward myself and others. Uh, Lord, give me the virtue of gratitude so that I can let go of my self-pity. How am I maybe um, just allowing myself to wallow in that self-pity? You know, this is where it's a good time to take the pen and paper out and to journal. Spend some time in adoration. This is the season of Advent. We're supposed to be preparing the way for the Lord, for the coming of Christ at the celebration of Christmas, for his coming at our death, right? For his second coming. And this is so important, but to receive him in the Eucharist this weekend or whenever you go to Mass next, for example, it's the Holy Day of Obligation, the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception on Thursday, uh, the 8th of December. These are ways for us to not just say, hey, yeah, I need to work on forgiveness and letting go of things. No, actually do the work and pray for the virtues and gifts to do so and the opportunities to do so as well. So, Jim, that's Jim O'Day, the executive director of Integrity Restored. What's that third tip for improving mental mm-hmm. strength this holiday season? Uh, the third one is, is you could call it the three Ps, if that helps you remember it. You it's, snuck a few extras in there today. Well, I did. <laughs> It's uh, persistence, patience, and perspiration. You know, progress in this area of our life, as in all areas of anything that is good, isn't always going to be obvious. And, and it's certainly not going to be immediate. It's going to be a gradual process as we build this mental strength and fortitude. So be persistent. Think about every day. Uh, how you're going to do that, what you're doing today to knock out self-pity, what you're doing to let go, what you're doing to feel uh, gratitude, to feel joy for others. Have patience with yourself and have patience with other people. That is usually uh, one of the most difficult things for us to do, especially today and around the holidays. We get so busy and so wrapped up and so kind of oriented to everything that has to be done that we lose patience. So during this holiday season, really work on having a lot of patience, Uh, being empathetic to others. What are ways you can be less selfish just today? And then finally, recognize that it's going to take perspiration. Mm. This is hard work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like if you're in the gym and, you know, you're trying to go from, 225-pound bench press to 245 pounds, that's going to take hard work. And you're going to sweat doing it. Well, the same thing here. Mm-hmm. So don't give up. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I love it, Jim. These are so practical. Three tips to improve mental strength this holiday season. We're talking about building resilience, putting in the hard work to be mentally strong. We did a whole episode actually not too long ago on resilience. I'll have to post a link on social media as well as the Uh, episode notes. Find them at relevantradio.com forward slash trending. Okay, the topic coming up, we're going to be discussing pornography. A priest in Germany has claimed that as a psychologist and a priest, that pornography is good for celibate clergy and arguing that it's very normal and all of us that it should be okay. We're going to talk about that and why the studies, the information just don't fit that narrative that just because you might enjoy or find relief from looking at pornography doesn't mean you should do so as a pastime to do that. 
If you are struggling with pornography and have a question, want to try and work through that, Jim O'Day is our specialist in helping to work through that. The number is 1-888-914-9149. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Happy feast day of St. Nicholas. It's not too late. If you didn't do what you need to do with stockings or Christmas or shoes out before Christmas, you can still add some simple sweet treats in there this evening, even if you didn't make it out last night. Uh, We actually have a whole episode where we talk about what to do for St. Nicholas Feast Day. So, hey, go check it out, listen, and we'll talk a little bit about the man, the myth, the legend himself in just a little bit here on Trending. And by the way, ask a therapist anything tomorrow here on Trending. Joe Sikora, marriage and family therapist, will be joining me. So I hope you'll join us. But as for questions today, we'd love to take your questions Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored, is joining me. We're going to take your questions about struggling with pornography, what questions you might have with working through it, any confusion or question you might just have about pornography in general. The number is 1-888-914-9149. In the meantime, Jim, I really wanted to talk to you about a news story that broke a couple weeks ago. It's been picked up by both um, Christian as well as secular news media that a priest in Germany who also touts being a psychologist has talked about the, quote, relieving effect of pornography for celebrate clergy and talked about the streamline, the normalization of it for people in general. He spoke positively about pornography, in fact, talking about how explicit sexuality in relationships is good for relationships. So sharing your private, intimate uh, sexual life with other people as a good thing. I was just astounded by some of the remarks he made, especially this whole idea where he really focuses on how priests are just like everyone else, human beings. Totally true. Uh, But then he starts to argue that priests and religious need to be able to basically almost like he's claiming that there needs to be this outlet practically, although he's not using those words. He talks about how priests and religious are normal people with sexual desires and we have to deal with that. So the question is how to deal with that with respect for the church's teaching, the uh, vows that are made to celibacy, right, to purity, to chastity, at a time when there are a lot of people across the board in the culture, Jim, who say, hey, pornography does have a relieving effect. Why can't I just use that? And why couldn't a priest who some people might argue are suppressed? Hmm. Well, first of all, that guy, that article, the quotes, the things he said made me furious. Uh, I have to tell you, and, and every priest and bishop that I spoke to has felt the same way. I think we should start, though, Timmer, if you don't mind, with let me just share what Pope Francis did say to those seminarians. Dear brothers, be careful of this. The pure heart, the heart that receives Jesus every day, cannot receive this pornographic information. The devil enters from there. It weakens the priestly heart. And he said that repeatedly. It Mm. weakens your priestly heart. That is so critical. Um, You know, this priest, God bless him, and we need to be praying for him. And for the many others, uh, priests and lay people in the world who think that pornography is okay. 
I can tell you in my eight years of doing this work at Integrity Restored, I've heard from thousands and thousands of people the devastating effects of pornography. Not just the spiritual sin, not just the fact that it's a moral failing, but that it is truly an addiction. And an addiction, by definition, is a brain disorder. And that means these people are suffering. When, when he said in regard to celibate people, the consumption of explicit depictions can have a relieving effect. It's not true. You see, the way God made us, there are um, the plan for human sexuality, which is a man and a woman to be married together, united as one. That's when sex is healthy and good. When we view pornography and masturbate, yes, we have a momentary release of dopamine and uh oxytocin and other brain chemicals that do make us feel good for a short amount of time. But in almost all cases, there's a huge crash after that because mm -hmm. that is not how God designed it. Mm -hmm. And now you add into the fact that you've taken these vows, you're a celibate man or woman, um, if, you're a, if you're a sister or none, and you have the additional guilt and shame that comes along with that. So it is really, really unhealthy for our clergy. It's unhealthy for every human being, but particularly so for our clergy. And it's, I'm tired, Jim, of hearing kind of this argument over and over again. Yes, that it gives relief, that it does, you know, trigger dopamine and all of these chemicals that are meant to be triggered through the great gift of sexual intimacy. Um, but Again, this is out of context, creating an addiction, literally altering the chemistry of the mind in a way that has a, a long-term impact. And so the question then is, is, you know, people do believe and many people will argue, well, I think priests should be married. Or they will argue, well, how is a priest meant to deal with his or in a religious and nun's case, sexual desire? And it goes against this idea that, well, as if we have no self-control, first of all, <laughs> you know, as people of faith, as following the blueprint God has for our bodies, we know that we have self-control. This is part of the problem with the fall of Adam and Eve is that they had freedom to choose, right? And they chose in one direction versus the other that led to the fall. And so self-control and freedom of choice is a fundamental part of who the human person is. But then not just that you have self-control, but that you can actually live, direct, and orient yourself in accord with a particular way of living called chastity, right? Hmm. Living and being faithful to your vocation and going so far as a vocation that calls for celibacy, of no sexual intimacy during your life, or even the vocation of marriage where you have one exclusive monogamous partner and you stick with that and believing that that is possible and that you don't need to quote unquote spice up your relationship to have it be good or strong. And that's something that this German priest also argues that it's good for couples to have this explicit oh. content within their relationships. God forgive him. God forgive him. Um, you, you, there's so many points there. The first point uh, Timory, you know, people who are saying that it's a release, well, you know what? Heroin's a release too. I don't think we're going around recommending that. Mm -hmm. And the same area of your brain 
that heroin, quote unquote, is relieving, pornography is relieving. So it's a dangerous, you know, that's people, I get it all the time. Well, not everybody's a porn addict. That's true. Not everybody who has a drink is an alcoholic. Do you want to take that risk with something you don't need to be messing with at all? So that's number one. Um, number two about the married priesthood. You know, I don't... The history of the church, there have been plenty of, of, of married priests, and, and actually in some of the other uh, rites, there are married priests that are now in... I had one in my parish uh, who became Catholic and was a married priest. There's always going to be a place for it there, but it's not the answer. Our Protestant brothers and sisters, almost every pastor is married, and they have their own struggles with this and all kinds of other sins as well. It's mm -hmm. not, that's not the, the answer. And then, you know, your final, uh, your, your final point that you were making about this being good for couples. Well, I can tell you firsthand that it is extremely damaging to couples, not only for their own intimacy and, and learning together over time what a vibrant and healthy sex life looks like, but the American Association of Matrimonial Lawyers, a nice word for divorce, divorce lawyers, says that in 53% of divorce cases, pornography plays a role. Wow. 53%. Yeah. So you tell me now that it's a good thing, Father. Yeah. You have no idea what you're talking about. So over one in two divorces that occur today have something to do with pornography. Pornography's played some kind of role. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is the truth. And so, I mean, these are the hard facts. This is the truth. This isn't the Catholic Church's truth. This is, yes, what the Catholic Church teaches and orients because this is the blueprint of the human person, how God created the human person. And science, psychology, all of it is matching up with the right choices and the call to chastity. Chastity is faithfulness to your vocation. That is sexual integrity. So I would like to touch for a moment here, Jim, on the whole idea of, so, okay, you're saying pornography is off the table. You're saying that call to chastity, that call to celibacy is still there if you're a priest or religious, or that call to fidelity within marriage is still there. So let's say, take specifically the example of a priest. If he is needing to, of course, acknowledge that there are sexual desires that still arise and that sexual desires don't just go away, that's legitimate. I remember a dear friend of mine, when he was thinking about entering into the seminary, he asked a priest, he said, so when does attraction to women go away? <laughs> and and like, I love that you laugh. And the priest goes, well, and the priest is probably, you know, in his late 50s, early 60s. When that happens, I will let you know. Mm -hmm. And so then he started to ask this question of older and more wiser priests. And he'd ask it over and over again. And the same response was there. It's not that you no longer have sexual desire. And I think that's one thing that's really good that the uh, bishop is acknowledging, or sorry, that the priest is acknowledging in Germany that men and women, male or female, priest or married, single or whatever, 
you still have sexual desire. So how do you deal with that? Because I know that even in your own coaching, you worked with priests, you worked with bishops, you worked with cardinals. This is a topic that's very common. You know, can you talk about the important role of exercise and prayer and self-control? And what would you say to someone who is asking that question? How does a priest deal with the gift of sexuality? So I'm going to take it all the way back, way out of the Catholic Church thousands and thousands of years back to China, to the Taoist monks. In order to, to be one of the ranking monks, you had to be celibate for at least 10 years. You had to have an excellent health regime for your life. You had to be physically fit. You had to be exercising every day. You had to be giving more than you were expecting. And when they got to that certain point, they said, okay, now you can be a leader. You can be a spiritual leader because you've been able to master your passions. When I talk to people who are struggling, the first thing I tell them is, you know, good exercise and real friendships release dopamine. That's what your brain is craving. A lot of sexual desire is not necessarily sexual desire, but a habit we've fallen into because we know if we fear, if we feel bored or lonely or anxious or stressed or tired or depressed, if we do this, we get a hit of dopamine. So quite often it is not true sexual desire. Now, when you're living a celibate life, whether you're a man or a woman, you're going to notice sexual things more. But here's the thing. Just because you have a feeling or just because you have a bodily reaction or just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And there's a difference. You may have a thought. You may have an experience that arises. That's okay. It's what you do with that experience. It's what you do with that thought. Do you indulge in it? Do you feed it? Do you go and, okay, go running to look at pornography? Do you keep looking at the image that just popped up on your screen? Or do you close it? Do you walk away? Do you find a distraction, a, a a, a different avenue to go down? You need to know when you have that moment of temptation, where what are you going to do? You're going to go, okay, let me go for a walk. Let me stand up, put down my phone, close my computer, and walk away. So I tell people all the time, I don't care who you are. I don't care what stage of life you're in. Um, there's going to be temptations, whether those are sexual temptations or other temptations. It doesn't matter. There's going to be temptations. One of the easiest ways to combat temptations, and this is just really practical, is 15 minutes of active distraction. So when you're, when you're faced with that temptation, what do you do? Well, if you physically change your location, if you go and do some push-ups, if you go for a walk, if you listen to a podcast or read a book or do something for 15 minutes, it's amazing. That temptation is not as strong. It goes away. It might come back two hours later, and you got to do it again. But it really does work. The second thing we tell people all the time is in that moment, pray. Mm. But pray in thanksgiving. And they say, what? I'm tempted to look at porn. 
How can I pray in thanksgiving? You pray, I thank you, God, for this incredible gift of sexuality that you've given us. Help me to use it rightly. And I really appreciate that specific moment because there needs to be an acknowledgement, the gift of sexuality, the gift of desire, um, the gift of beauty and attraction. Those are all good things, but let's redirect it. If you're married, you have a commitment to your spouse. Acknowledge that person is beautiful. Thank you, God, right? Um, if you are a priest, okay, you know, thank you, God, for allowing me to serve and help people such as these, you know, reorienting and redirecting. I really appreciate that. And my producer, Jim, just said something that really made me laugh. He said, or when you have that moment of temptation, he said, like in a fire, they tell you to stop, drop, and roll. And that just made me laugh so hard <laughs> right now. And because there's a legitimacy to that. If we are in temptation, that's the fire. There's a difference between physical fire and spiritual fire. In some ways, this is both a spiritual and a physical fire, right? Because there's a, something tangible in front of us that is uh, risk, putting us at risk and causing damage to the body, but also to the soul. And so realizing there are things, there are tactics for when a physical fire is before us, stop, drop, and roll. Uh, but same thing here. Get up 15 minutes. Go move outside. Pray as you do that. Use those tools and don't just let it be for a fire drill you may never put into actual practice in real life. This is real life. Let's practice those drills in our own lives. Well, and, and this, is, this is what it's all about, right? This is Recovery 101, is putting together the plan for when you are going to be tempted. Uh, in recovery work, it's called triggers. We're all going to have them. So what are you going to do when it happens? It's going to happen. So what are you going to do? Uh, you know, I think I've talked on the show before uh, when I first came back to the church and I was so on fire and I'm going up to receive communion and I'm the most pious guy in the church, Timory. And I am so excited about receiving our Lord. And boom, I look ahead of me and this woman in this tight dress and oh my goodness, what a figure. And, uh, you know, the, the first few times that happened to me, what, what a terrible communion I had. I felt awful. Mm -hmm. I was, oh, Lord, I'm so disgusting. How did you, you know, you're just beating yourself up. Like we talked about before, I got to stop doing that. Now when that happens, I, I offer a prayer for that woman. Because God made this beautiful woman. That is amazing what he did. And he also made me a, a creature who can appreciate that. That's a beautiful thing. So I say a quick prayer for her, and it takes all the lust out of it. Praise and, God. And, and a priest told me one time which, when I was telling him this story, he said, you know, Jim, you might be the only woman, the only man praying for her. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what many people need. Sometimes that's why God allows temptation and how we can transform that broken moment. Hey, we've got some questions coming in. Are you struggling with pornography? Have you? And Jim O'Day is here. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Happy to take your questions.
enjoying as much of the Advent music as we can this season. Happy Advent. Joining me now is Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. Are you struggling with pornography use? We'd like to take your question and help you out. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Fantastic resources available at Integrity Restored. Check them out, integritystore.com. It's integritystore.com. We post them on social media and tagged them as well. We have Damon from Nashville on the line. Damon, welcome to Trending. What's your question or comment about pornography today? I uh, feel there is absolutely no justification for pornography. I got caught up in pornography. My wife had had an adverse childhood experience. We were not having a normal relationship, and I was justifying it. And there is absolutely no justification for it. So, so Damon, how are you doing now, brother? I am doing fantastic. The Praise Holy Spirit God. showed me, you know, uh, I just, you know, there's so, the culture has told us. And what you said about the woman in church, I agree. I've been in art all my life. I love sculpture. Mm-hmm. But, and you, you can know, appreciate... It, it, the beauty I'm without ma- you can appreciate the beauty, Damon, without making it a pornographic or lustful experience. Absolutely, and when I do, like you said, I pray for myself. I pray for her. You know, I, I guess that was, you know one of the things I would like to explore is where did pornography start in the Garden of Eden? You know, mm-hmm. well, pornography's been around a long time. I mean, we have. Uh, we yeah. have instances of it back to the Egyptian culture and the uh, the Romans and the Greeks, certainly. Um, oh, absolutely. The, the, the danger now, Damon, is is that it's so it's triple A, we call it, accessible, affordable, and anonymous, because everybody has their computers, their tablets, and certainly their cell phones in their pocket, delivering high-speed, violent pornography 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Thank you so much for calling, Damon, because your perspective, like here you were, you had this wound, the sexual abuse of your wife led to this pornography use, but not justified, didn't help. Uh, Mary from California is on the line. Mary, welcome to Trending. What's your question or comment today about porn uh, for Jim? And by the way, just a little ears warning, sensitive topic that we're discussing right now. Welcome to Trending, Mary. What's your question? Hi. Actually, I just had a quick story. Um um, I used to have a problem with masturbation, and one day, as I was being tempted of uh, this grace, I just received so much grace, <laughs> and I, I had this thought in my mind. I said, this this is going to kill me, um, because it's a mortal, it's a mortal sin to masturbate, um, and eventually, if you keep doing it and you don't repent, you go to hell and all that, but um, um, I remember it was just such a huge grace, and that day after that i never like i never well i i had one relapse that was about eight years ago but i never did it again (laughs) except for one relapse um i guess what i'm trying to say too is that you know it's it's a grace to be chased it to practice you have to beg god for it like don bosco he was a beggar before the lord Uh, Mm -hmm. thank you thank you so much for taking my call 
Mary, thank you for sharing your testimony that, you know, masturbation is something that not just men, but women as well struggle with. And you have the grace of this revelation, like this is literally killing me. It's going to kill me. Um, and maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you didn't realize the masturbation or pornography was wrong. Knowledge is power. You know now. Let's, through the grace of God, change that. What are your thoughts, Jim, if someone wants to stop now and maybe hadn't realized this was a problem? Well, and I think many people, I, I think many people don't. Uh, realize it's a problem because it's become so normative uh, in our society and culture. I think it's, you know, Mary's story is amazing. That's miraculous healing. Uh, and we do, we do see that. But more often than not, if you want to recover from this, if you want to get healthy, you're going to have to do the hard work. Mm -hmm. God asks for our cooperation in that healing. Yes. And I think it's also important to remember, Timory, that when you're in the midst of this, is that if this has developed to the point of an addiction, uh, I've had Father Michael Gately on my show, and we've talked at length about the moral culpability of an addict. And, and while masturbation and pornography is always morally wrong and a grave sin, we, we, we don't want to say for sure that somebody who's an addict stuck in this is going to go to hell. We, we don't. We don't believe that. We know that God is incredibly merciful. And this person is struggling with a brain disorder. We have to remember that. Mm -hmm. Important to see. Hey, another question came in on Facebook. And again, sensitive ears warning, um, tough topic. A lot of questions on this topic of pornography uh, and masturbation as well. But uh, Ralph on Facebook said, my doctor told me masturbation was healthy for my prostate. So I've <laughs> used porn to help. What's the big deal? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, Ralph. So, uh, you know, th there's no truth to that, number one, scientifically. They, they, they've never been able to prove that, that a man needs, and, and I've heard all kinds of things, Timory, a certain number of orgasms a week or a certain number of orgasms a month or his prostate is going to be unhealthy. Well, um, we have a lot of history of celibate people, uh, Catholic and, and other religious domination, denominations, uh, that, that seem to be incredibly healthy and have no additional problems. The way the body works, the male body, if there is too much of a buildup of, of fluids, we'll say, um, quite often men have nocturnal emissions when they're sleeping. Involuntary, there's no sin, there's no lust. You don't even know what's happening. And the body will self-regulate that way. As you get older, gentlemen, that happens less and less because the body doesn't need to regulate that way. So what, what these doctors are saying is just not really science, but pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. Um. One more question can't come in from uh, Brenda from Denver. Just for sake of time, I'm going to take it myself real quick. Uh, she said maybe to forgive someone who's been doing pornography um, like she had to with her ex-husband. Can you talk to the importance of having to forgive someone, especially a spouse perhaps, who's been looking at pornography and it's uh, damaged that relationship? Because as you said earlier, we know divorce attorneys have shared that over 53% of all divorces today, that's more than one in two, are in some way related to pornography use. Yeah, I mean, Bloom for Catholic Women is a great resource. Bloomforcatholicwomen.com. Go on there. It's a wonderful resource for women suffering from betrayal trauma, which is what she is suffering from. Uh, 
And, and that forgiveness is not going to be easy, and that forgiveness is going to come in stages as both parties get healthy. As she starts to understand the husband's addiction, as he starts to understand the betrayal trauma she suffered, which is very much like PTSD. And so they're going to need to work on that together. One thing I will say about forgiveness with pornography addiction is that we really usually have to look back in the addict's life for the trauma that caused the addiction to take root. And when the spouse finally knows that, whether that was sexual trauma as a child or even just being exposed to pornography very young before our brains are ready for it, that's a trauma in and of itself, um, there can be more forgiveness. Mm. So understanding the root of the problem. That resource was bloomforcatholicwomen.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Bloom for Catholic Women. And we'll include that in uh, the so- on social media. Just follow me at Timmerie, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, as well as in the episode notes for today's show. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today on Trending. You have so many incredible resources for o- overcoming pornography res- pornography addiction and moving past it. Check Jim's workout at integritystore.com. That's integritystored.com. In just a brief moment on the feast day of St. Nicholas, the man, the myth, the legend, St. Nicholas, also known as Santa Claus, his feast day today is December 6th. And just something to ponder as we're praying for his intercession today, maybe putting, uh, enjoying some extra treats after your stockings or shoes were put out. Uh, St. Nicholas is known for two things in particular that I'd like to touch on among many, his fidelity to the church's teaching and his passionate and strong defense of what the church teaches, especially recognizing um, the very important teaching of the church that Jesus Christ is both human and divine. He has a human and divine nature that we can't just reduce Jesus to a nice person who did good things and also recognizing the reality of him having become a human person, but also maintaining his divinity. Have a question for a therapist and not ready to drop the dollars for it? This is Timory from Trending with Timory. Ask a therapist all hour on Trending with Timory on Wednesday. We're especially taking questions from men for our weekly gentlemen's hour. So if you have a question, male or female, we will take them. But especially gentlemen, we're diving into everything from jobs, relationships, uh, friendships, loneliness, depression, anxiety. So we'd love to take your questions Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app. I hope you'll join me.